0: Hi, welcome to Grammys Pod 2021. I'm Skylar. I'm Abby. And I'm Max. Welcome to um, our annual Leisurely Podcast, where we discuss upcoming award shows. On this episode, we are going to be discussing the 63rd, I believe, Grammys. So starting off, does anyone just have any general thoughts? about the nominee pool overall, especially maybe relating first to the big four categories album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, best new artist Max, do you want to go first?
1: I should have thought of an answer to this question. Sky, do you have a a take?
0: My first overall take, and this is going back to my going back to my initial reactions when the Grammys were first announced, I remember being really excited I really tried to like keep up with all the new music this year and I was watching the live stream and all that was just that a lot of them felt very random. And I know that's like a very vague term and seems kind of throwaway, but it really did stand out to me, especially compared to last year's batch of Grammys, especially thinking about Album of the Year last year, every artist that was nominated I was like, yes, I understand why this album was nominated. Thinking back to it, there was one, like, I remember specifically thinking, like, I wouldn't have nominated the Vampire Weekend album and I would have nominated Igor by Tyler the Creator. But besides that, I remember thinking very specifically, all of these artists and albums make sense. Some of them were very commercially successful, some of them were more kind of critically acclaimed and slightly less commercially successful, but overall. You know all had some really like big impact in some way and this year i mean again it like everyone was expecting future nostalgia you see future nostalgia okay folklore by taylor swift yes all right and then <laughs> basically the other six <laughs> were uh, kind of surprises especially considering you know there were definitely a few albums um, and artists in general that we thought were going to be recognized and weren't I mean, the elephant in the room here is The weekend, Which I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast Not seeing After Hours nominated for Album of the Year When it was super successful and was also critically acclaimed um, Even other things, like I, this isn't me trying to be like a, a fangirl or whatever, but I really do believe that Fine Line by Harry Styles should have gotten an Album of the Year nomination, especially compared to the other stuff that was nominated. It was it was definitely better than that Coldplay album. Like, I... <laughs> other thing, I mean, even like Fiona Apple or yeah, Gaslighter by the Chicks, which was also just snubbed entirely for the entire, you know, in any category. Um, a lot of these nominations were just very... Confusing. Um, again, starting with album of the year, that Coldplay album that came out in twenty nineteen. That's like a two disc LP. Like okay, <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> if there were, if there were any, I think common threads among again starting with album of the year, all of the album of the year nominees. For me, it was definitely realizing that cohesion seemed to be very highly valued and I mean I think normally for the Grammys that is the standard but I especially saw that this year in that there were definitely a lot of albums where I just thought and again like sometimes this was really to the album's detriment and sometimes it didn't bother me as much but I still think it was definitely a factor that the album most of the songs kind of sounded the same (laughs) really like things sticking to one particular theme um and again, I do, like, I guess it is good to place, you know, value on an album as a body of work as a whole Instead of just a few songs, but yeah, it, with the exception of, I'm thinking right now, like, Jacob Collier's album Really, of uh, like, most of the albums nominated, like, s- songs definitely started to blend into each other And that's even saying, like, folklore, I think folklore is, like, a great album But definitely, sometimes the production gets monotonous at times. Um, Even Future Nostalgia, with all of its like fun disco bops and everything, songs definitely blended together as well. Um, I've been talking for a while, though, so if anybody wants to jump in, please go ahead.
2: Can I ask you a question? Yes. This might be a silly question, but what do you think makes a good album? Because I feel like I really tend to like mini-albums because they do have cohesion. Um, so I think we might differ there. Uh, yeah, but I was just wondering what your criteria is for a good album.
0: Oh, are we gonna, gonna have this discussion? No, this is exciting. I do like albums that tell a story, and I don't necessarily mean in, like, a concept album way where it has to be a very clear, like, linear set of events or whatever. Um, But I think albums that can tell emotional stories, I feel like that sounds really tacky, but it definitely is true with a lot of albums that I really resonate with, of kind of starting, especially, like, starting maybe conveying some place of, like, uncertainty, or even, like, sometimes albums, I feel like, start with a very big, like, grand gesture, and then take you through maybe some more, like, uncertainties of what the artist, it either, like, songs that are very personal to the artist or songs they would like to just project on the listener, taking you through maybe some uncertainty or they're trying to tell a story that is less kind of personal to them, kind of the heart of it, the heart of it and the conflict I think is also the key word that I'm thinking of, like that goes along with again uncertainty, is some sort of conflict, maybe even conflicting ideas within the album or conflicting ideas that an artist feels to both be true for themselves like lyrically but i think also musically and maybe this gets into the idea of cohesion as well where i think many artists you know tend to not just stick to one sound whether it's over their career or even from song to song with one-off singles or within an album and i think trying to incorporate as many aspects of their musical identity that still kind of feel authentic to themselves. I don't know. I think that really makes a good album, but that was also super vague.
1: (laughs) Sky, I think you touched on something that really resonates with me, which is that I think really good albums have a degree of self-awareness to them where the artist is really delving into their sort of psyche and narrative and story to tell a more universalized narrative, even if that universalized narrative might be very specific to them. Like, it almost walks this line of being so specific to their own story and using language and imagery that is uniquely theirs but also can resonate on like a much larger scheme um and, and contribute to sort of artistic canon in a way that is unique and thoughtful and also simultaneously being you know musical and experimental and so yeah i i think that point about sort of authenticity and self-awareness is really critical And something that I struggle with when I look at this year's slate of picks, I don't know how many of these albums are really self-aware. Like, I I thought the Janae Aiko project, for example, um, was a really sort of sensual listen. It was like definitely something I would play on like a Saturday night um, or just kind of chilling with people on an afternoon but when you really dig into it there isn't necessarily a lot of self-awareness to the project per se and so I don't find the kind of depth that I would want in an album of the year and I kind of see that reflected elsewhere as well like the Coldplay album while it was musically really interesting and brought in like seemingly every influence under the sun. And there were some really great moments. I think the sort of deeper self awareness to the record was just kind of missing. And as a result, it sort of fell flat for me. And in general, the album of the year category is just a little complicated because I just don't see the same self awareness that sometimes we see in the nominees. What do you think, Abby?
2: I mean, I'm coming from this, I'm coming at this from like an outsider perspective of someone who generally does not watch music shows so I mean these perspectives are really interesting to me but I mean I the vibe that I get usually is that people are not happy with the album of the year category in particular I feel like I've I remember like notoriously bad decisions that they've made um so I don't know I'm wondering is this something that is unique to this year Or is this just a larger issue that the Academy has?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Because when really self-aware projects do come up, it seems like the Grammys are unwilling to award them. Like, I think back to 2017 when 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars won over things like Melodrama and Damn by Kendrick Lamar, and uh, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, all super, and 444 by Jay-Z, like, all very self-aware projects and things that touch on these same elements, but um, it's it seems like the Grammys just don't value it in the same way, and that's probably contributing to why we see the slate we have in front of us today.
2: It has also been interesting, because I have been watching um, music award shows this season, mostly just to watch BTS perform, but that's another thing. Um, but the sense I was getting is like The weekend was sweeping like pretty much every award show I watched. So I know a lot of people were surprised that he got snubbed. And I I just don't understand what could have led to that happening.
1: Yeah. Do you guys think that commercial success is not like, should be considered as part of the criteria when assessing these records, because in the past, it's been, I think, a pretty important criteria where some of the most commercially successful projects have won, but this year, it seems like they just didn't nominate some of the most commercially successful things, like The weekend's projects, and instead chose albums that people were like, they put out an album this year? I don't know, what do you guys think about the commercial
2: success criterion
0: i definitely see what you mean about feeling like commercial success was more prevalent in recent years grammys than in this slate of nominees um and what's always funny to me too is like especially with music award shows as compared to maybe film obviously in film commercial success might be considered definitely to an extent it's crazy to assume that it wouldn't be considered at all but with music there's just literally so much music you have to consider commercial extent commercial success to some type of extent because i mean literally just looking at album of the year record of the year nominees you wouldn't most like you wouldn't just f- seek these songs out like you know these songs because they've been successful to some extent and they've gotten radio play even the kind of more random ones like black puma's um their album and the Record of the Year nomination, I mean, they've still had commercial success to an extent. Um, You know, maybe it's not the same as, like, Beyonce or Billie Eilish, but it's still there. Um, But definitely, Max, going back to your point of saying, you know, there definitely have been some projects nominated this year that have had a lot of commercial success, like Future Nostalgia. You know, there have also been, it seems like, more than usual projects that have not had that same level of success um, but I think also when we're talking about the weekend and after hours it's super important to also consider that like I don't really know if, like the Grammys deciding to shun commercial success is even relevant to that conversation um, because again what we know about this situation is still a little bit murky, but from what the weekend has kind of implied, and what just does seem to make sort of the most sense considering how strange it was that, especially Blinding Lights, which literally like yesterday or today was confirmed to have been on the Billboard uh, top 10 for a year, which like broke like that. That's like the first song to ever do that. Um, uh but talking about the weekend getting snubbed it seems to be very much related to the idea of the grammys wanting him to perform and going into extensive negotiations with getting him to perform at the grammys and somehow also being frustrated that he was performing at the super bowl which would air technically like you know a, like a weekend apart like a week apart um and being frustrated with his decision to, I guess, like, prioritize the Super Bowl over the Grammys or that the two events were happening at similar times, which also makes sense, it's the same network. Um, But yeah, um, it definitely, it definitely feels very corrupt. And considering that this would definitely not be the first time the Grammys has been accused of being corrupt, especially not in recent memory, um, considering there was that whole big scandal like last year where the head resigned which we can get into as well if we want to um, but it just seems to me especially talking about the weekend that the Grammys felt kind of like like stilted in some way by his decision to prioritize the Super Bowl halftime show which also makes no sense because it's a very common sense decision to make if you're a performance artist um but yeah it just it feels very corrupt um it feels very racist which is definitely something we have to talk about when we're talking about the grammys um, in that they definitely just have a history of like not recognizing artists of color especially black artists like they should Um, and especially with this of when you have an artist who is black who has had literally record-breaking success with his album and the single um that every like you know is kind of also it's a very successful song that is almost universally recognized as a good song which doesn't normally happen <laughs> quite that often um who and this artist who is also black and you as a recording academy just don't want to give him the recognition that he deserves um it, it feels very racist as well as corrupt, kind of this terrible storm of all these things coming together.
2: I mean, as someone who follows, like, the film award cycle a lot more closely, corruption and racism are definitely not unique to the Grammys. And I've just been thinking a lot about, like, um, American award shows and what we really hope to get out of these institutions when they've proven time and time again, like, they are corrupt and racist. Um, I'm thinking in particular about uh, the LA Times article that was talking about the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association (laughs) and how they got like flown out to Paris and they got all this like special treatment and then Emily in Paris got nominations over things that were a lot more deserved of nomination. That's why I always struggle with award shows because it's, we continue to watch them and give them recognition and the power to like judge art. And I'm like, do they really deserve to be able to do this when they have proven to be corrupt and racist multiple times throughout their history?
1: I also think it's good to note that award shows are not just kind of shiny stickers to put on artists' resumes. Like, they directly translate into sort of commercial success often for artists, which has material effects on them. And I think, I don't know, there's there's a real case to be made about sort of given such a large amount of... History, such a large volume of history towards like racist behaviors towards artists and sexist behaviors towards artists like Tiana Taylor brought up how this year's R&B category is like all men. And um, I mean, and we've just now seen sort of a slate for the rock category that is full of women. So, you know, there's a constantly moving target that seems to demonstrate that the Grammys and other award shows are just incapable of giving out awards in a way that is equitable um, and sort of not oppressive towards certain demographic groups. And it begs the question, like, do we need these award shows in the first place? And it's clear they serve a capitalistic function and they also help, you know, I think they provide an emotional and psychological experience for people, too, that can be really enjoyable. But I think weighing that against these deep problems these institutions have, like, is it is it worth it? You know, Um, but maybe that's a conversation for another time. And yeah, it might be helpful if we sort of talk about what should win within the framework of shitty nominees we have been given. (laughs)
0: yeah do we want to just go quick through some categories um we can start with album of the year since we've been talking about that um who will win versus who should win thoughts i can i can go first because i have some thoughts (laughs) no i think future nostalgia is going to win um I, back in April, I wrote an aggressively lukewarm review of Future Nostalgia for The Voice. To be honest, I stand by. Um, That is getting, you know, it is increasingly against the tide um, as everything is happening. Um, But yeah, I think Future Nostalgia will win, I think given the, it has like the perfect combination of commercial success, like we were talking about, still sort of being a factor and critical acclaim and do a, you know, quote unquote, like putting in the work for her pop era, which I think to an extent the Grammys do kind of appreciate. Um, Again, I, I don't think future nostalgia was all that people made it out to be. Um, Again, I think a lot of the songs sounded similar. I think a lot of the songs were not actual bops. Some of them were just kind of weird and lyrically, the um didn't really do anything, which wasn't the point, but it also could have done something and it didn't, (laughs) Um, but that being said, I think Folklore should win. Um, I think some of Taylor Swift's best songwriting, I do agree that sometimes a production can be a little too monotonous, but I think overall there's just enough um, variation to make it worthwhile. And yeah, just in general, really good songwriting there.
1: I think for me, who I want to win is Chaim, Women in Music Part 3, and that's just because I have long been a fan of the Haim Sisters. I think they create incredible music, and I think it's been, um, if I remember correctly, a bit of time before women in rock have gotten the accolade of, of album of the year. And I think they've put together a project that is deeply that that comments on serious issues, um, like the track "Man on the Man from the Magazine." Talks really eloquently about sort of sexism and rock, um, but also has sort of really bangable, solid tracks like Gasoline and 3 A.M. Um, who I think will Who I think will win uh, I think Folklore is gonna win, and I I think people recognize that this is a singular project from Taylor Swift, and it has I think it's gained so much traction, um, and its release structure was really unique. I think Dua's release structure and promo schedule really got messed up by the pandemic, while Taylor, given that it was released during the pandemic, fully anticipated sort of the different techniques needed there, and so I think that will change its perception as well. Um, So I think Folklore will win, even though I personally, deep down, want the high-end project to take this home.
0: Record of the Year and Song of the Year, the two categories that I don't even think the Academy members know the difference between, in all honesty. I think technically Record of the Year is more about like the like ambiance and like feel of a song and then Song of the Year is kind of more about the actual like lyric writing, but all oh, that's so murky. I wouldn't be surprised if Dua just kind of swept everything and Don't Start Now won for both. If there's one thing, I feel like maybe I could see Cardigan winning for Song of the Year. And I think there's also a chance that Black Parade by Beyonce could win for Record of the Year. I don't really have a strong opinion about who I think should win this category, in all honesty.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to ask about the difference and whether or not this was the sound mixing versus the sound editing of the Grammys because that's what it came off as to me. I'd never heard of Black Pumas until I listened to these songs. Um, I really enjoyed the song, though. I don't know. I feel like nothing else like was that much of a surprise to me, but that was... I'm looking at the list now. Yeah, I feel like all, um, all the other songs I had heard or heard of, at least for Record of the Year, that was really surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I would say that from pure music taste, uh, a pure music taste um, perspective, Colors is probably my favorite. And that's just because I'm like a indie folk type person. Um, I think that Don't Start Now is one of the most encapsulating songs of the year. Um, But I think Black Parade deserves to win. And I think that's because, and I'm talking for record of the year, Um, I think that it invokes the most salient commentary about the moment and I think record of the year is something that should encapsulate the current times and I think that as a song it is also just really fantastic drawing on a lot of sort of non-traditional influences Um, but the Grammys is known to slight Beyonce on everything I think that if Beyonce had not joined the Savage Project, there might even be more of a chance for Megan Thee Stallion to win Record of the Year. I would be pleasantly surprised if she takes away this award. I I don't think I really would be outraged by anybody between Black Parade, Colors, Don't Start Now and Savage winning Record of the Year. What do you think, Sky?
0: Yeah, no, that just reminded me you know, before this podcast, I was just doing some research and I was reading USA Today's like who will win versus who should win for the big four categories. And one of the things they said about record of the year was that Black Parade, I think was for will win. And it was and its logic was the Grammys have cited Beyonce too many times. Like they got to know now they got to get their act together. And I was like, that is very optimistic of you (laughs) to assume considering everything um yeah that was the only thing I wanted to add they also said they thought the Billie Eilish song everything I wanted should have won from one of the categories which I don't even know why Billy was nominated the Grammys this is another just general trend that I wanted to mention earlier but the Grammys definitely pick their darlings this definitely adds like the institutional racism we were talking about um you know not saying all those darlings necessarily are white um but I think it, it tends to skew that way. And just looking at, like, none of these Album of the Year nominees are first-time nominees. Even the ones that we might consider, like, more obscure or something like that. Like, none of them are first-time nominees. Um, with Billy, like, you know, they she had, like, the sweep last year. And this just seems like an off year for her, like most artists. <laughs> and, it fe- and she knows that. And <laughs> it feels like the Grammys don't. And they're like, no, no, no. We gotta, like reaffirm our decision that nobody's asking them to do again it just feels very yeah they they really they pick their darlings and they hold on to them for decades
2: <laughs> is post malone an academy darling why is he on here so many times i was very confused by that
0: i didn't even realize this until i was looking back at prior year nominations but beer bongs and bentley's got nominated for album of the year like, either last year or a few years ago, which I didn't even realize. So it sort of kind of is.
1: <laughs> yeah, big time. I think Post Malone is very much becoming a Grammy darling. I just think, I I think that's a really good point, Sky. And I think it's especially salient when you have newcomers like Rina Sawayama, who put out one of the best records of the year last year. And it was a debut record. And she is nowhere to be seen on this list. Not in Best New Artist, not in Album of the Year, Access is nowhere to be seen in terms of this Record of the Year list, you know, and so it's interesting to think about who is being excluded when this list is being put together despite generating a lot of buzz and putting together really successful
0: projects. Very relevant moving on to Best New artists now. I agree again in that USA Today article that I was reading. They, they had like a should have been nominated category as well as like who will win versus should win. And should have been nominated for Best New Artist was Rina Sawayama, which definitely is a very good point. It's definitely seeming like *Making the Stallion* will win and probably should win as well. I could see a universe where Phoebe Bridgers wins, and I honestly wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. I, I could definitely see that. Um, But, uh, like, again, it does feed into this trend Especially when you look at past Best new artist wins over the years Of, like, Grammys Favoring, like, the singer-songwriter types Over, like, up-and-coming rappers And R&B artists Um, You can just, like, even in the past decade It's, like, it's a lot (laughs) Like, it's very repetitive with that pattern So it would just be unfortunate if that's, like I don't know. Like, because again, I would never have a problem with Phoebe winning, but it would also kind of feel like a repetition of the pattern. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Is this category just very arbitrary? Because. So I was like looking at K pop groups that submitted themselves for the uh, Grammys this year because I was curious, and I saw that Blackpink submitted themselves for Best New Artist, which I thought was really strange because they debuted in 2016 or 20, 2017. I'm not sure. But. I mean, this year, 2020 was the year they released their first full-length album. And I was like, but they have been around and they've been very popular. So I don't really understand what the qualifications for this this category are.
1: Yeah, the Grammys officially define the eligibility as for a new artist who releases during the eligible year, a record that establishes their public identity, which is perhaps the most arbitrary thing ever. And I think it's very guided by, like, highly westernized and often very white standards of public identity, you know? I think Megan Thee Stallion should win this category. I am a long-professed Phoebe Bridgers stan, and I would not be upset if she won from a personal music taste level. I don't listen to Megan Thee Stallion a lot. I listen to Phoebe Bridgers a lot in comparison. But I think that given that we've established that the Grammys are just kind of arbitrary and award shows are fundamentally kind of problematic, I think it's better to just give artists awards when they have made serious impacts on the world. And I think there's nobody else in this category who has done that at the same level as Megan Thee Stallion. If I'm talking purely in terms of music, I like again, Phoebe Bridgers and most people don't know who Chica is, but she does like amazing rap music and is also a black woman. And I think should be getting a hundred percent of the heat that, you know, Cardi and Doja and Megan are getting. Um, I think her music touches on very different themes and she as a woman represents a very different sort of side of her identity I think um, and presents her music in different formats but I think it's just as good and I wish the world gave Chica a little more love than she's she's been granted
0: I also just wanted to add on to what Abby and Max were just saying about the period of eligibility for best new artist and how it doesn't exist and it's fake (laughs) but it is it's insane to see that like so many artists do get nominated for best new artist literally four years after their debut like album or EP comes out sometimes it's even more than that like I saw what was it in the Grammys that happened in 2019 Bibi Reksha, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but Bibi Reksha was nominated for Best New Artist. And I feel like she's literally been around since like 2012. Like, w- what is going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's insane to me. If, <laughs> like, you want to be like blindly optimistic, it's like, oh, Rina Sawayama, Best New Artist 2024 <laughs> nomination, which again, I think would also just feed into like the Grammys like not being on the ball and like recognizing certain talent when they should (laughs) but yeah no I just the whole best new artist it really want to get like what you were both saying the periods of eligibility make no sense but then also this award does tend to really have an impact on future nominations on future wins but again especially future nominations like it's insane to see how like certain artists who win this category will be guaranteed like nominations for many years in the future while artists who are also very great who don't win kind of get shut out in like recent or you know um like Grammys in the next few years even if they put out worthwhile stuff um so yeah I mean the winner of this category does carry a lot of weight which is honestly just kind of scary considering what we've been saying about how arbitrary it all is
2: Yeah, I was going to say, like, the way this category comes off is, like, trial period. We don't like you enough to, like, be one of our darlings yet, but if you win, we'll think about nominating you for everything for the rest of your life. (laughs) That's sort of how it comes off to me.
1: Yeah, I am really curious if Megan's going to be able to pull off the sweep between Record of the Year with Savage and this song. Um I think Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion are both positioned to be sort of logical wins in these categories. But whether the Grammys will actually decide to respect Black women this year and give them accolades for their art will be... A big question to see.
2: Do Who do you think will win for pop duo group performance? Because that is what I'm in it for.
1: Honestly, Abby, I think the chances BTS are gonna win is kind of high. Like, if I was to just pick one, I would pick and put money on it. I think I would pick Dynamite by BTS. I mean, I think Rain On Me has sort of been a little bit of an anthem, but I think that the industry has gotten to a point where BTS is mainstream enough that I think they could pull it off. And they, I think, provide, given given how K-pop has been historically ignored by the Grammys, I think they're considered fresh. And so as a result, I think the Grammys are likely to award that originality in quotation marks. <laughs> What do you if think?
2: They don't win. I am not going on Twitter for at least 24 hours. And that's, yeah. But I don't that's
1: know. a I threat, Abby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everybody will be free of my tweets for 24 hours. Um, I mean, there is something to say about how it is a K-pop song slash group. But it this success for this song was basically only made possible by the fact that it is their only single that is all in English. Like, I think, debatably, it would have not um, reached number one on Billboard, the Billboard Hot 100, and stayed there for as long as it did if it was not in English. And I also don't think it would have been on this list if it wasn't in English. I don't know, which is interesting because they have expressed that they don't want to continue making music in English, and they're sort of disappointed that they were only able to get these achievements that they wanted by making a song in English. But potentially, that is also why it might win, so I don't know. I think it's interesting. I am also, I feel torn because I am also a Lady Gaga fan and I love Rain On Me, and I want want a little bit of recognition for that because I feel like the Chromatica era was cut short. I'm still sad about it.
0: Yeah, that was another one. I wouldn't have been surprised to see a Chromatica album of the year nom. And again, just didn't really happen. (laughs) I think it's also, like, again, looking back at some of the past winners in the pop category, like, I was really surprised to see... This was either, like, I think it was two years ago. Um, But Lady Gaga won for, like, Best Pop Solo Performance or something for Joanne when... All of the other nominees were much more, I would say, like, mainstream um, pop songs with more just, like, radio play and commercial success. Um, and so part of me wonders if that means that, like, they will just value, like, you know, intense, like, piano ballads in the pop category, even though, I mean, it, it does count as pop, but part of me feels like it's not really what it's for, <laughs> um, which in that case, I feel like would give Exile the edge. Um, but yeah, I think it all depends on what they choose to value, which honestly, like, a lot of times it does tend to switch around from year to year because I was driving myself crazy looking at different charts, trying to find patterns, trying to find meaning in the madness of past wins and losses, and there's just nothing.
1: Yeah, I could almost even see a Harry Styles win for Pop Solo performance with Watermelon Sugar I don't know if it'll happen. I think a Doja Cat win or a Cardigan win are also super likely. Or even Don't Start Now. If Don't Start Now ends up not winning for record of the year, I could see them being like, oh, here's your consolation prize. We'll see. In in any case, the Grammys are always uneven. And this is one of those years where it's just particularly uneven.
0: I do hate when it ends up being like, I don't know, sweeps in lots of different categories, um, even though I feel like it sometimes it does pan out like that. But maybe it's also recency bias because of Billy and all of that. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it feels a lot more fun when you feel like there's less predictability to it. I mean, also, I know we've made a lot of um, film award show comparisons. And I just remember like watching the Oscars last year when you literally know, you literally knew who was going to win all four acting categories. (laughs) And it was like, what is this? Like, why are we even doing this? Um, Again, not like necessarily the same with music awards. Again, like what I was saying is it's hard to find trends from year to year. But a lot of the times you can tell like early in, early on in the night if like one artist has won for like both say like best pop solo performance and best pop duo performance. It's like, oh, like clearly the Grammys is just favoring them this year. And like if they're nominated in the bigger categories, that's probably what it's going to be or something like that. Just lots of unsatisfying things all around.
2: Why is Justin Bieber yummy on this list? Did anybody in the world like that song? I just have to ask
1: I I guess
2: (laughs) I saw a tweet once that was like that song caused the pandemic and the more I thought about it the more it made sense to me
1: I wonder who's gonna win the rock song category because I think Fiona Apple has been the critics darling but clearly not enough for uh, her to generate sort of Top four nominations. I wonder whether Shamika will be able to pull it off in the rock categories.
0: The rock category was stacked this year.
1: Yeah, women in rock, big time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, part of me, I don't know why, my like gut is saying the steps. Which I also don't necessarily know if I want to happen, again, I'm a Haim fan, I had mixed feelings on Women in Music Part 3, I definitely did not like the Steps, <laughs> I thought it was kind of a bland song, but it definitely seems like the Grammys are like really just making this push for Haim this year, it's, you know, more of a push than they did even for like Fiona, say. So I don't know. For some reason, that's like where my my gut is going.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that they picked up that album of the year nom is really indicative, um, and I think the chances they'll get the win, uh, best rock performance, are pretty high. So I'm excited for the girls. I also don't think the steps is my favorite song on, woman in music by far, but, you know, so much respect for, S G and those that line on that track. <laughs> Well okay. The world is bad and so are the Grammys, but we're gonna be okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to our Grammys podcast. Um, if you want more content like this, you can check out the leisure and halftime leisure sections of the Georgetown Voice. Um, a big thank you to Anna Sophia for um editing this podcast uh being a good podcast editor um do we have any other shout outs
1: shout out to eli for existing we love eli abby do you have any shout outs
2: shout out to you guys for being here shout out to you guys for actually having knowledge about the grammys And teaching me about the Grammys. (laughs) That was a fun experience to learn about the Grammys.
1: Thank you, Abby, for always enlightening us about film and K-pop and the weird intersection between. And thank you to Sky for inviting me to come.
2: It was a blast. Thank you for coming. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)